I don't. I've been there at those conferences where the earrings are. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they should. Exactly. I, I mean, I took most of my adornment off this morning. Yeah. You know <laughs> me. me. You we sleep in our jewels, but then we take them off. <laughs> covered, just covered in diamonds. Exactly. Um, okay. Today, I am joined by Bronwyn. She has worked in brand and marketing for over 15 years, observing and surviving the changes in leadership practices along the way. She's worked at places like J. Walter Thompson, Burberry, Lululemon, and Pangaea, and now she's in her new role at Voilock. She's passionate about how culture can drive business results, as well as how leaders can create the conditions for their teams to thrive. Bronwyn says that her love language is memes and baked goods. <laughs> and just to be clear, I don't do the baking. Yeah. <laughs> the so love might do we? <laughs> Yeah, the love language I give is memes. That's how you know I love you. Um, and the, what I like to receive is baked goods. Sadly, um, I am not talented in the, the latter area. <laughs> love that. Last time I saw Bronwyn, we went a on a walk around the neighborhood and we got some baked goods. So I know that this is true. Sure did. <laughs> Fabulous. How are you today, Bronwyn? I'm very well. Thank you. How are you, Anique? Yeah, good. Thanks for being here. We're both coming in uh, from London, just around the corner from each other's houses, really, but recording remotely. So good to see you in this wintry day. Indeed. So first and foremost, tell us about how you came to know within. Well, through a personal connection, actually, um, a Canadian girlfriend of mine who moved to London um, she fell in love with a dashing Kenyan, uh, and that is Laurie, who is the founder of Within. Um, and I remember he and Jeff were just leaving their previous company. And I don't know, we, it was back in the days when we went to house parties because we were young and, you know, that was the type of <laughs> thing we were able to do. Uh, and I remember them telling me about what kind of company they wanted to build. And it just sounded amazing. And then um, was lucky enough to get to work with Within uh, last year in my new role at Pengaya. Amazing. I love that. Lori will be happy to know that. I actually pinged him on Slack before our chat and I was like, thank you so much for introducing me to Bronwyn because this friendship has just blossomed as well as this working relationship and I love it. He was like, that's great. So it's so fun. Many, many of our clients come through personal connections and kind of get bought in by our sort of origin story and our, our way of working. So it's beautiful. Cool. Okay. So what we like to kick off episodes with is sort of your hot culture topic. So your hot topic, your burning platform right now that's in your world. We'll talk about kind of what the episode is about later, but let's just start about what's your hot culture topic right now. Well, I don't think I'm alone in this one, <laughs> but yep. it's definitely around, I mean, I've joined a brand new startup. We're founding team of three. So there is the obvious, you know, challenge of building a culture from scratch. There's also the challenge of building, building it remotely. So we're a completely remote organization and one of us, I am based in London. One person is based in Lisbon and another person is based between the South Downs and Russia. So it is the challenge of 
deciding what our culture should be in a way that will enable a virtual working and a remote working team to thrive, but also trying to do so remotely. So we can't sort of come together and do those amazing team building activities or even just, I always, you know, I always see such value in going for a cup of tea or going for a team dinner and having those real conversations. We don't have that, that, uh, we don't have that benefit for us right now. But we also have the challenge of building a culture across cultures. And so I am Canadian, but I've lived in the UK for nearly 20 years. But I still have that Canadian open friendliness, keen to apologize. And I think I say <laughs> a boot, I've been told. Um but I have, I've been, I've definitely got some learned behaviors through, through living in the UK. And then one of our other co-founders, he is a proper English gentleman and has always worked in the UK and he's now based in Lisbon. So he's, you know, learning some Portuguese behaviors, but so far he is still very much that, that prim and proper English gentleman. Uh, and then our founder is, a, you know, a wild Russian man who would happily live off grid if he could. And in fact, he has split his time between Russia and the South Downs where, and in the South Downs, he pretty much was off grid with his family. So it's three very, very different lived experiences. And what I, in my own cultural journey, I've been told before around my enthusiasm for open and honesty can, and vulnerable conversation can be off-putting if people aren't there yet. And mm. so where I'm at in my leadership journey is figuring out how to temper it and make sure that I meet people where they're at in their journey and I do so without judgment. It's not about them being wrong or they're not good enough that they haven't, you know, unlocked some vulnerability. It's it's just that that is that's what that's where they are today. And so figuring out how I can be both powerful but also enrolling is really, I think, the biggest challenge that we face, <laughs> especially when I'm, you know, talking to, I talked to Andre yesterday and he was like, oh, you know, in, in Russia, we don't do therapy. Uh, <laughs> we, we don't do talking. We, we just go out into the woods. So there, there are some, there's some big challenges, but they're also what brings me joy. So it's great. That's beautiful. And I think you've shared with me that this team and as you grow from three to 300 will be fully remote. So there's going to be more and more diversity in your team culturally, geographically, demographically, all over the map. And so it is really about like, how do you create a culture where everyone can bring that, bring their difference and it's celebrated and it doesn't stop you from growing. And you started to speak to some of the challenges there of just communicating between the three of you, but how do you kind of keep, keep that thriving together, but also meeting people where we're at? And I'm sure it takes a lot of a lot of patience and a lot of self-awareness for you to kind of be in that situation. And hopefully your other leaders are bringing that with them every day, too. Definitely. Um, and I think, yeah, it's brilliant that we're fully remote. I love it. It's absolutely, I think, part of the future of work. And what it means is you're bringing in a workforce without this shared sense of place or geography, um, even like, who am I going to talk about Great British Bake Off with? Who am I going to talk about <laughs> Love Island with? Like, it's very likely that our next employee won't be based in London. And I can't just like make them a cup of tea and go for a walk or go to the pub after work. Like, 
how we're going to be able to build the relationships on which the culture you know, stands and survives is going to look different in a fully remote workplace. And I, I don't think I know all the, I, I know I don't know all the answers yet, but it's a really fun journey of discovery to figure out. And I, and I think it will make us more diverse, which will make us a richer, more fertile ground for growth. So I'm really excited for it. Absolutely. And I know you, because of our work together at Pangaea, are very, and all of your history before that at Lulu and before, you're a very values-driven leader. And I think you've started, that's been a really like foundational piece of your culture that you guys have started to focus on and build. Is that right? Values. Yeah, I mean, I remember my very first day at Voilock, the three of us in a WeWork in Paddington Square. Uh, we were like, the first thing we have to do is talk about our values. And what was brilliant is that it wasn't even me leading that conversation. It was the other two. So uh, although they 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 hesitate to talk about their feelings as much as I do, they absolutely get the importance of, of values. And part of what drew me to joining them was a conversation around what the future of leadership looks like and that it's different, what the future of work is different what is you know this this new job is in quote unquote sustainable footwear but what does an actual sustainable business mean um not just in terms of an environmental impact but having an intersectional approach but also a sustainable business and one that one that actually isn't reliant 100% on fundraising or going public like could we actually build a workplace where we all get to thrive and grow and and achieve what we want to achieve, but there isn't this huge consumption more. We have to become, you know, a unicorn. And, and, and is that actually a good thing? Is that creating good behavior, that desire to achieve those pinnacle points? Is that actually what success is in business? Or is success in business building something that financially sustains itself, is able to pay everybody fairly, and hopefully with a rather narrow break between the lowest and the highest, uh, or a rather narrow spread between the lowest and the highest paid employee, um, but that also has an incredibly clean supply chain and visible supply chain, and that ultimately hopefully has a net positive impact on the planet versus, ver you know, versus even neutral or negative. So we yeah. don't know we don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we're committed to trying to figure it out. And we know that values values are the bedrock on which the rest will come. That's so true. Values is the how we show up together, and if we've got common guardrails there, that's super helpful. But back to your quest, your um, comment on growth. We talk a lot with our clients about this. Our, our vision as a as within people right now is to help folks reimagine success, because growth isn't just more, 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 more. And even when we vision with folks, we talk through the two pillars you just spoke about and one more. So profit, impact, and actually joy is sort of the people pillar, like how we're growing and developing as people. And our hub in the UK this time last year, right in the heart of lockdown, obviously last year, and feels like we're heading that way again. We went on a, a walk together um, during right before Christmas break. And we just asked each other, like, do we have enough was the question that we kind of helped each other see. Because growth can sometimes, especially in a startup environment, just feel like you're running for this moving goalpost at all times, or you hit a milestone and then it changes. Mm -hmm. And often we don't focus on like the people element of growth. Like, do we have enough time with our family? Do we have enough rest? Do we have enough sweating and exercise? And so as a leader of a culture, you get to help create the lifestyle vision for your people too. 
And growth is such a huge part of that. It's the enough of the lifestyle outside of work, but also do I have enough growth and development at work? Am I advancing and not just climbing the ladder, but advancing how I'm growing and how I'm developing too? So there's so much, you have such a huge opportunity to shape a culture for people as well as the the profit and the impact pillars too. Yeah. I think that is the next evolution of success is that it isn't about the next you know, billion dollar IPO. It is about who has the happiest workforce. That's I mean, right. And wouldn't what that does be sustainable amazing? growth look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. Okay, great. What a great hot topic that you've brought us. I think this is going to help us bridge into the next the next topic really easily. So what we're kind of doing today in a big picture is sort of looking back at 2021, but feeling like we're moving into 2022 in a resourced way. Like as leaders, we feel resourced to tackle 2022. So we've got a bit of a set of questions to go through with you here to help set that scene. And the first one is, what are you most proud of from 2021? Great question. I... I think it's that I quit a job that looked incredibly shiny from the outside and which my ego did not want me to quit, but I needed to do it. And I realized that although it was actually a really selfish act, it also demonstrated to other people that it was an okay thing to do. And it gave permission to my team and and other people I I work with, et cetera, that they can put themselves first and that they don't have to, you know, give up everything because it looks good on their CV or because their LinkedIn inbox is exploding. Um, That actually, you know, there is more out there. And also that your learning has to come first. And and part of my decision to leave was I realized I wasn't learning anything. And so I was very open and honest with my team about that being the reason why I was I was off. And I think it it gave them a reason to think about whether or not they were still learning and or if they were learning the right thing or the type of thing or good learned behavior. Were they learning practices that they wanted to take forward with them? Um, And I think it has allowed it's given permission to them to reevaluate whether or not they're in the right place. I love that. Like the context of being proud of leaving something. And I think it's, it's interesting. Like we're in this big time right now of talking about the great resignation and there's all kinds of different reasons why people have left in this day and age. But that idea of the learning and growing part is not one that I've actually read about or heard much about. So that's amazing that that was sort of your lens that bringing that self-awareness coming out of your body for a second to say, Am I learning and growing still? Are these the learned behaviors I want to take with me into the future? That's a fascinating way to look at why to resign. Yeah. My body was telling me. I mean, it was was that I had definitely suppressed my self-awareness and because I was like oh no this looks great this like I should be really happy here (laughs) I I should be really enjoying this um and actually when I took a break and got back into my body and realized that it was telling me um and I it was like bringing up previous experiences from other places I'd worked and and those weren't good experiences and so I was like okay if this is what's coming up again if this is how I'm feeling then 
I, like I've already lived through that. So I, I, there's nothing else I can, I can learn from that. <laughs> uh, I need to get myself out and, and find a new environment where I will, you know, it, where it feels more positive and just more open for me to, to take on new experiences and, and new behaviors. Mm, I love that. And I can't stop humming Maggie Rogers song back in my body in my head while you're talking. So when we get off, listen to that, because that's exactly what it's about. It's like coming back into your body and actually listening to what your body's telling you. So that's amazing. I love that. Okay, next question. Um, In your previous role, you were a client. That's how we first met and became friends. So can you tell us a little bit about how working with us kind of helped you move the needle? Definitely. Um, So I had worked at a company that considered itself to be best in the world at creating culture and told us that they were and we were because we were there. So I left with a lot of, oh, I know how to do this. (laughs) Um, And then what was brilliant with working with you guys was it was like, oh, there's a lot of different ways to do this. And there isn't necessarily one right way. It's about finding the, the, the way that is right for the company where it's at and for the people within it. Um, but really working with, within allowed me to up my game, to get in, back into a growth mindset, to learn, improve, but also really challenge some of my beliefs and some of the things that I thought was right recognizing that at any given moment, there are things that I think are right, that tomorrow I might learn actually could be wrong or could be improved upon. Um, So yeah, a lot of value from that. That's great. Can you share a couple of those like learnings or the awareness that came of things you thought were right, but maybe were challenged a bit? I think values was probably the biggest one. I remember when I reached out to Laurie, I was like, I think we need a little bit of help, but I've already done the values. (laughs) Here they are. And I sent him a PowerPoint slide with, I think, eight words, eight adjectives. And he wrote back, this is a great start. Um, If you want a PowerPoint slide with adjectives, then, you know, I I think you're sorted. But if you want values that actually drive business, then I think we can help. (laughs) I was like, pardon me. Uh, (laughs) But then I remember we started, I was like, oh, this won't take much time at all. Because again, in the back of my mind, I was like, very nice, Laurie, but I know how to do this. I've written the values already. And then we started about three months of workshops. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know the values. And these really were just adjectives written on a PowerPoint slide that, you know, would have I I could have put up around the office and everybody could have repeated, but they wouldn't have actually driven any behavior. Um, And so, yeah, the, the two to three months of workshopping and, you know, obsessing over every single word and was it necessary? What did it mean? What did it mean to everybody in the room? Because recognizing that, you know, we all speak English, but we don't all speak the same language and really making sure that every single word was intentional, but also that they were all laddering up to our purpose And so all of our behavior every single day was going to reinforce why we existed as a company. Yeah. And I think I was a part of that journey with you and bringing in all of the voices that we brought in was intentional because creating values, while I'm sure that you got a really good start, bringing in voices is what makes them inclusive. Values have to be inclusive of every voice in the business. So often when we work with clients on it, purpose and vision and those sort of things might be set by the management level a little bit. And then we help the rest of the team build their own connection and meaning. 
but values is often a larger subset of people working on it. And that's very much by design to bring it in so that every value is now equitable, inclusive, and champions all the different voices. And particularly, especially the ones that are furthest away from power. We think about that a lot and bring yeah. in those voices. So I think that's yeah. part of what took so long, but got us hopefully to a place where everyone felt like their voice was heard and that the values were inclusive of the behaviors in your very diverse team. Yeah, definitely. Mm, lovely. Okay. All right. Let's look to the future now. So what do you think that your biggest challenge in your culture will be for 2022? Well, creating one tiny team virtually, definitely. And um, the culture of a startup I mean, there are <laughs> countless books written about startups and what the cultures are like and how intense they are and high pressure they are and fast growth and how almost everybody will inevitably burn out and then they all get replaced <laughs> when they raise a ton of money and, you know, the, the backers bring in a new leadership team who are not burnt out. And I, I just don't think any of us want to create that. We all want to create something that is sustainable for its people and the planet. So we can we can do this job for 20 years and we can work in this organization for 20 years because we love it and we're learning and we enjoy spending time with one another and we're producing meaningful, exceptional work. Um, and so we just have to figure out what what is the framework that we established today that is going to to create that foundation so that we don't go down the well-trodden path of you know burning the candle at both ends and hating one another because that is certainly not what the intention is from the outset yeah and I think knowing everything you've shared with us already and knowing that you're such a culture leader you're talking about building this structure and this foundation and this platform but what's the role that culture plays in that for you of creating like a sustainable startup I think it's about making sure that we have a shared language so that's where the values comes in is it gives us the shared language and shared behaviors and expectations. Um, and part of what we've talked about as a team is, OK, so these are these are some values that we that we think are important. But what does the opposite of that value look like? And what would the opposite of that values behavior look like? And we all shared individually what it might look like for it because it might not be collective it might not be the same but individually if I'm out of integrity with this value this is probably how it's going to show up for me um and so it ha that then gives us permission to call out one another or to call ourselves out like even this week on Tuesday I had a really shitty day and <laughs> you know one of our co-founders one of my team members who I have a great relationship with he made a you know an offhand glib comment that normally I would have thought was hilarious and I took it personally and I was <laughs> defensive and I shut down and threw my toys out of the pram and it was and we stopped we stopped talking I was like I have to hang up the phone right now um and then I, I you know I reflected I think I did some I think I got up and walked around the room or went for a walk around the the neighborhood and I realized that we have a we have a core value around treading lightly and neither of us had treaded lightly because, you know, he he did make a glib comment. But I hadn't I, I had a commitment to show up well and I had a commitment to not take things personally and I had a, a commitment to communicate clearly and I and I hadn't done any of that. And so I, by having this 
this shared language, I was able to go back to him. And rather than that issue, I can I can completely imagine an issue like that happening in another workplace and it then becoming a big deal or me becoming completely attached to the fact that I was somehow wronged, um, you know, completely taking over that project that we were working on together. And instead, we were able to clear the air. I apologized. I, I, I took care of myself so that I showed up more powerfully. And then we were able to create something that was 10 times better than it would have been if I had just, you know, twisted my knickers into a knot and insisted on being right. So I hope that answers your question. But it's that shared language to be able to deal with conflict so that we can produce even better results. Yeah, that's amazing. That's exactly what the values can be for. And even like some folks have leadership manifestos or principles that are about that too. And I would say one of ours is using the values for that feedback, but it's also the like self-awareness and spaciousness you created by saying, I'm going to hang up the phone right now. We'll talk in a little while. And it gives you the moment as a leader to self-reflect and look at your, you know, build your self-awareness in those moments and then come back to say, hey, in that moment, I didn't tread lightly there. Let's talk it out. And that's exactly right. That shared language. It's beautiful. Fabulous. Well done. Okay. We are wrapping up now. And what we like to do at the end of our episodes is to take a page out of Brene Brown's book and do some rapid fire questions, which she does at the end of her podcast. And we absolutely love. And the vision for this, which I don't think I've shared with you, is we're going to ask the same set of questions through all of our our conversations with leaders. And it's going to end up actually being a data set for us. So we'll be able to see like what leaders are answering these questions similarly or differently. How many times has this word come through? And so let's get going. I'm excited to hear what your answers are. Okay. So don't think too long. Just let it flow right out. Rapid fire. Okay. What three words would you use to describe workplace culture that you'd like to lead? Open, vibrant, and trusting. Love it. What three words would you use to define the future of work? Flexible, inclusive, equitable. And if I could add a fourth, I would say female. Because so much about work has been built around men and what they need. And I think the last 18 months has showed us that, you know, centering women in the workforce, I think will really just create goodness. I love that. For everyone. Yes, that's right. Okay. Looking at our eight essential leadership qualities, what one quality is your superpower or strength? Love. What one quality is your development area or your stretch? Patience every time. <laughs> Can you say a tiny bit more about that? Oh, I just love to solve. Like I'm already, anytime I'm listening to people, I'm already solving it for them in my head. And so, um, and I, and I love to just be in action, not reflection. And so I am learning to develop my reflection muscle and I'm learning, i learning active listening and practicing active listening as much as I can. And I would say it has benefited both my professional life, but also my personal life when I'm not just trying to solve my husband's gripes. Sometimes I just sit and receive and that's actually all he needs. So it's been a very good, a very good learning curve. 
Love that. Yeah. Meeting people where they're at is a big one for patients. That's great. Okay. What's your most treasured spot outside of work? An actual spot. Well, it's a little island in Canada uh, and I'm there with my family. Love that. Perfect. Is there a person or a brand that you'd like to shine a light on today? A brand that I have loved and really have come into certainly my sphere over the last year is Hakel's, which is a skincare brand from Margate. Uh, Not only do they make amazing product and are really leading the way with sustainable packaging, but they they're investing in their community. So they've you know, they've built an HQ in Margate. They haven't moved to East London. They've taken the abandoned seafront casino that was completely dilapidated and falling apart and they're building it into a space for their community. And I just think they really understand that businesses aren't just about profit. They are about adding value to everyone's life. And that starts with the the community in which they operate. So I just think they are great. Love that. Thank you for that one. Okay, last question. If you had to pick one song that represented who you are as a leader, what would it be? This is such a hard one. Um, I think it's got to be All You Need Is Love by the Beatles. Great choice. Love it. Thank you so much, Bronwyn, for being here today. Thank you, Anique. Thanks for having me. No problem. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Reimagining Work From Within. We release episodes every other week and you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts.